Yeah. Uh. I tell him, welcome to the gray area. And stay away just in case you ain't real enough to relate. Every other Thursday, politics to the chips. Get up on this wave. <laughs> now tell me what's to talk about. Cause we the only thing to talk about. How you keep reality in check? Just keep it real rapping. Don't gossip with the facts, yeah. The NBA season is on pause. Coronavirus got everyone in the shutdown, but the content must continue. This is the gray area, and I am your host, Ray Jarvis. Showtime! Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, with this whole shutdown going on, I decided to veer away from doing like, you know, things that's happening in sports because there is no sports, but I wanted to have a little fun. So I decided that I will bring back a topic I haven't touched on in about maybe two years. And that's the all NBA hood pass team. First time we did it was with my homeboy, Mason Bowers. This time around, we have a, a new member of the Gray Area family. He's locked in his second appearance. Once you get to come back a second time, you're vested. The homie Paul Lawson, welcome back to the Gray Area, bro. I appreciate that, man. You know, it's always a, always a privilege, man, to be able to chop it up with the homies and, and just speak facts, man. So, uh, you know. You already I, know. I feel good being able to make a round two appearance. Uh, that means things is going good. Absolutely, bro. You, you stuck with me now. Like now, I'm just gonna have. I know when certain topics come around, I'm gonna have to hit you up because I already know what you bring to the table. You know, shock value is fun, but you know, with this show, I like facts. You know, so we want to keep it on that level. So for this episode here, we wanted to talk about the All Hood Pass team. With that, if, if you're new to the gray area, it's just basically not necessarily who the best player is at a certain position. But who gets the most respect at each position? You go to the barbershop, you go to the barbecue, you go somewhere, you talk basketball, and there's certain players who, in a way, might be a little overrated or in a, or in a way a little over-respected based on their resume, but the hood loves them because the way they perform, the way they give it up on the court, it resonates. So the old hood pass team is just shining a light on those guys that can do no wrong in the eyes of the hood. So basically what we're going to do is it's going to be point guard, through center. So being that, you know, you're the visiting team here, Paul. I'll let you bat lead off first with your all-hood pass team. But before we get into that, how is this whole uh, COVID-19, no sports, basically no life shutdown, how has it affected you? Man, it's uh, it's been tough, bro. I ain't gonna lie. You know, it's uh, it's one thing to continue to watch some of these ESPN classics, you know. Right. You know, the league pass being free and all those great things. It's it's fun to, as a sports fan, even though we've seen it live, we've seen it more than one time, it's good to kind of relive it. You know, you still get goosebumps when you see Kyrie pull up on Steph Curry and hit that shot on the wing. True. I've seen LeBron beat uh, San Antonio, I think it was Tuesday night, that was on spin for game seven. You know, I still had goosebumps when I seen Ray Allen pull that three off in the corner, you know. So, all in all, it's been a challenge, man. You know, my whole life is sports, so... Yeah, uh, on television, man. I, I watched Ozark in one day. I caught Tiger King in another day. You know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot, man. It's uh, without sports. I, I You know, we take a lot of things in life for granted, man. But, you know, live sports, no matter what the sport is right now, would be, uh, would be a blessing, man. So hopefully we can get back in action at some point. Hands down. Like, you, you know my life right now because same thing. Within, like, two to three days, Tiger King and Ozark got knocked out. And it's because of the fact that no one is at work, right? So we're getting to watch these shows, and usually you can get to space them out. 
But because everyone is off, everyone is giving up the spoilers on social media. So it's like, I have to hurry up and watch Ozark so that I don't get spoiled. I almost got spoiled like three or four times. And then I had to tell people like, look, like I didn't finish watching this show yet. Like, you can't tell me what happened at the end. Man, it's bad, came, bro. Even yeah. on calls. I mean, it, it ain't for so much you can talk about every day on right. work. We was talking you know about I mean? Tiger King and Ozark on the work calls. I was like, man, I ain't even get through episode three yet, man. Listen. <laughs> and then Tiger King was going viral, and I'm like, who's Carol Baskin? What is going on here? When I, Yo, honestly, so exotic, right? Right, like, right. Like, when, bro, when, when I first watched it, because of so much confusing memes going back and forth, I was convinced that Joe Exotic was married to Carol Baskin and he tried to get her killed. And I'm like, I, I didn't, but it was so much confusing info because all people were talking about was this show. So I, I knocked that out. I um, thought, I thought, uh, Carol, I thought Dr. Antler, the homie with the, with the, with the three wives on the block next door to each other was Joe Exotic. I had no listen. idea it was somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yo, people, people were like, people were creating memes. Different posts. I seen something with like Baskin Robbins. I thought Carol Baskin was 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 somehow affiliated to Baskin Robbins, and they're racist now. Like, I was so confused that I had to watch it. it then you brought up this the Spurs and Heat series begin a lot of rotation between NBA TV and ESPN. And you know what? I got to give credit where it's due. I sat back and I watched that game because I. I I don't really like the current product of the NBA. Like I love the NBA, but like the way the basketball is played, I'm not a, a big fan of the, the 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 constant single high pick and roll switch. One guy dictates the entire pace of the game, etc., so on and so forth. That's why I miss the Golden State Warriors. Um, when I watched the Spurs in the Heat, I, I didn't realize. I didn't. Let me, let me not say I didn't realize. I didn't appreciate the boutique quality basketball that was being played, especially in the 2013 finals. I agree. The, the quality of basketball that was played on both sides, the Heat and the Spurs was, was I'm like, oh my God, how did I not see this the first time? I guess because I was blinded by, put it this way, I had no I had no horse in that fight because the, the LeBron's in the finals, I was Pete Kobe guy, and then the Spurs in the finals, Laker fan, like I didn't want any of them to win. If they could have both lost, I would have been happy with that. So. Seeing the Spurs in the Heat in 2013, I didn't appreciate it. I sat back and I watched, I think it was the three games. I watched back-to-back, -back, bro, like all three games in, in San Antonio. I'm like, oh, my God, the basketball here. What, the <laughs> ball movement, the play, watching LeBron off the ball, being a willing participant in off-ball actions. I'm like, oh, my God, like why did I not understand and appreciate what I was looking at? Why, why did I let hate blind me in 2013? It's and then 2014, the the Spurs hit a whole new level. This, this, what the Spurs did in 2014 was the precursor to what Golden State became as far as three-point shooting, ball to play movement, the ball moving faster than the player, off-ball off cuts, dives to the basket, so on and so forth. Like, the, the level of play, amazing. I do have one great You got to look at it like this, man. It's like, you know, obviously, you think about six years later, I think as a basketball guru like you are yourself, man, it, there's a level of... There's a different lens you're watching these games from an execution standpoint. Right. And one of the things that you got to – I really give a lot of respect to Pop for, he was executing with cats that wasn't even really in the system. Like, Gary Neal was giving the Heat 30. You know what I'm saying? Listen. Like, when you think about Kerr just absorbed that same system, he did that shit with Curry and Clay. You know what I'm saying? Two of the best shooters that ever touched the earth. And that's why we've seen even more success at a faster rate immediately. Like, in, like I'm talking like – 
the moment it's like with these COVID cases, oh, you guys are gonna get it, and then boom, we had a hundred thousand, right? Like, yeah, right. That was Stephen Clay, like in the system. <laughs> <laughs> like Draymond was Boris Diaw, bro. Like he's crazy, and like anybody could do it if you that open, bro. Like, so the level of execution Pop was able to pull off at that time, what I would say a bunch of I won't call them misfits, but not like the best skill set athletes. Like Danny Green was probably the only cat really in in role with with with, um, with Popovich outside of the court. Yo, Gary Neal and Gary Neal right? was giving the Heat fits. I'm like, this is amazing. Gary Neal, bro. <laughs> look, and then look what he did with Marco Bellinelli the following season. He unlocked Bellinelli. He crazy. was the key to that season. It's crazy. Oh man, but I do have a gripe. I I I feel like. I've been shorted Kobe games. All things considered, I felt like this was prime opportunity to give us Kobe stands, a nice marathon of his greatest games, greatest playoff runs, and I just keep seeing Heat Spurs, Heat Spurs. I'm like, can I get some Kobe, please? I'm not asking for too much. I agree. Like, the 2010 finals to me wasn't enough. Like, I feel like we should be watching the whole Lakers-Kings battles from the three-peak days. That's it. be a lot on TV. Um... And Kobe got certainly enough highlights for a Kobe marathon. Can know? I get the 61 in the garden? Can I get that? No. Can I get the game three versus the Nuggets in the conference finals or 09? I'm not getting none of these classics. Bro, like, can I get him dunking on Tim Duncan in game six? Like, can I get the, the, the random fadeaway from Derek Fisher with no time on the clock? They changed the rules after that. <laughs> Listen, this is this is why, like, when people say we with the Hall of Fame announcements and everything, and there's a lot of people I want to put Timmy ahead of Kobe. I'm like, Listen. When the Lakers had a championship team, whether Shaq was there or Shaq won there, and the Spurs had a championship level team and they met up in the playoffs, the Lakers record is four and two. Yeah. Okay? Bro. So how can we negate head to head matchups in favor of other things and to, 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 to bump the to bump up Timmy and not Kobe down? To me, Kobe was the player of that era. If you're gonna compare the two, you I gotta agree. put Kobe ahead of Timmy. No, I agree. I got you know Kobe. I, mean? I got Kobe over Duncan for sure. How many times he went into the Alamo Dome and violated? Violated. Come on now. I'm talking Afro and all. Like Kobe was he the the mama came from what he was doing in the Alamo, bro. Hello. Come on. Come on. Bruce I remember Bowen. the game where he went cooking Bruce Bowen, bro. He fish ain't want to give the rock up. Missed the short, the short 15 for the Kobe horses. Dave Robinson and Timmy for the rebound and a put back for the for the game winner. But but we we gonna say Timmy is ahead of Kobe. I'm not hearing that. No way, bro. Even in the power era, he sent Timmy home in five games. I'm not going for it. But yeah. all, all in all, I'll take the Lakers jersey off, right? <laughs> it's, it's, this is the greatest Hall of Fame class ever. I'm, I'm putting it up there. I agree. I don't got no problem with that. I, I, when you just feel, I just feel like, I mean, anytime you compare Kobe with Garnett in, in a Hall of Fame class, it's crazy. You know, in the NBA, only NFL has ever really produced these like super legendary Hall of Fame classes where you got cats like Strahan coming in with Brett Favre, you know what I'm saying? And like, and Aretas Williams. <laughs> like, this class is legit. Like, normally there's an NBA, there's like one mega star factor with a couple like journeymen that got in. Nah, this one is, this one is lethal. Like, this is this is a this is an elite class. Like you can't be, you can't be a schmack getting into this one. That's that's for damn sure. Yeah, I agree. I think this one is uh this is definitely this one is at the top of the list for me with Duncan, KG, and Kobe in that class, bro. Like I don't think you get any. I guess if you know the next time we might see a class this deep is if they all hang it up. You know, banana boat crew hang it up at the same time, which. Sure. 
obviously ain't the case already with, with Wade already on the way out, you know, because exactly. you figure Wade will probably get in there with Bosch, who I think gets into the hall. I don't know who else would even be eligible at that. I time. don't think the accolades are there though. There's three MVPs in this class. Most, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He needed he would have needed he would have needed LeBron and, and CP3 to hang it up at right. the same time for this to even be on that level, man. Like, right. This shit is different. This, this group. <laughs> This 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 is this, this is the elitist class ever. That's not even a word. I don't even think elitist this is a word. This is different, man. <laughs> this is different. Like, oh man, but I won't keep you much longer. We won't keep the listeners much longer. My man Paul Lawson, who is your first team all hood pass point guard? You could tell. You could give us a little reason why you chose. Him. Oh, Kimba Walker, without a Kimba doubt. Walker. Okay, at okay. Go, talk to me. local, and, and for Kimba, I'm gonna do like they do with the Nation of Hall of Fame. This is a totality hood pass forever for Kemba, right? From mm-hmm. what he did at Rice High School, I was a Christy King guy, right? So I okay. still got a chance to see Kemba when Kemba wasn't even the number one guy in Rice. You know what I'm saying? My man Cash, you see Pratt was the top gunner there. Curtis Kelly was there. Agus okay. It was a lot of guys there. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, you know, Kemba was cooking all summer. You heard about him. That's when social media it got popping. Uh, you heard about Rucker and Dykeman and all these other spots. And then when he did at UConn, oh my goodness. Let's talk about it. Oh my the great, goodness. The greatest step back of the all time. The greatest step back and dagger <laughs> of them all. You know what I'm saying? Like, But that whole run from Maui all the way through the tournament was crazy. Crazy. And then we all love Mike Jordan. He worked for the man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, was, he was with this man, Mike, from day one. You know, So at the end of the day, what I seen from Kemba, and not to mention he one of the freshest cats you see on, on the net. You know, he yep. never, lost, never left the Uptown swag. Kemba for sure is my point guard, man, for life. I'm not mad at that choice. Kemba Walker's definitely a legend. The, I think he's the last great big OG Big East point guard when UConn was still in the Big East. He, I think he's the last of that era. And and, and to come into the league and, and definitely bring that, that East Coast, that BX swagger, that, that New York loyalty, trying to do his best with Charlotte and everything. From when they were bypassed till they became Hornets, he tried. For, for, for lack he of a better, he tried. And he, listen, he he had some runs, man. He got yeah. all into the playoffs a couple of times. It was a couple of years ago. He was a walking forty piece, bro. It, it, it ain't his fault they threw the bag at Nicholas Batum and a few other guys. It's not his fault. Batum and a bunch of bad draft picks, man. You know, like yeah. Frank Kaminsky and all of them. Cody Zellers and these scrubs, bro. Scrubs. Well, Michael Kidd, Michael Kidd Gilchrist is supposed to be something. He's a, he's he's a big disappointment. We got we got he's a supposed space, to be did. like a LeBron type cat, man. He's yeah. just, he's never that. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm gonna take my point guard choice. We heading out to the West Coast, the Pacific Northwest. The homie Dame Lillard, he's okay, my okay. choice. He's one that. guy, and the primary reason for this is because he exudes that that energy, that 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 street energy. Like like he gives me that I'm good anywhere kind of vibe. And it's like you go to any shop, son. You go to any discussion, Dame name comes up, and you know why his name comes up because he, he tries. When game is on the line, he's gonna take the shot. Whether he's a make a miss, he's gonna put that pressure. With the exception of a few questionable playoff exits. He applies the necessary pressure, and he just doesn't have the horses. If he was an East Coast, if you'd have took the Portland Trailblazers with that same squad to the Eastern Conference, they they might have got a Finals appearance out of that group. I I'm, I, I'm willing to say that. So I definitely think they get they get past the Cavs in that Game Seven uh, the year Boston had home court. Oh, hands down, hands yeah. down. I, I I get that to him, and it's like the part of the reason why as well is that the fact that his failures 
unlike other guys, do not get held against them. A lot of people love to kill Steph Curry. Some of our peers love to kill Steph Curry. But if you think about the playoff exits Lillard has had over the years, the fact that no one says a word, it's because of the respect that they have for Dane more so than they have for a guy like Stephen Curry. And that's why he's my first team all-hood pass point guard. And you know what? I'm gonna add something to that. So a lot of, a lot of, a lot of your listeners uh, that know me, man, you know, back in the day, my last company was actually based in Portland, ten minutes okay. from the center. You know, I used to go there four times a year, weeks at a time. I would hit Portland games no matter what. All right, we had the court side seats. You got a chance to see the homie Dame and CJ live. Dame legitimately does exude that energy. Not on, not just on the court, but even in the streets. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, Dame is that guy. I, I got 100% respect for Dame. He was my second choice at the point guard slot, but I had to stay local with Kemba. But I do I do respect the Dame move for sure. I respect that Kemba choice. I, you know what? I'm disappointed in myself that he wasn't even on my list. You know, I'm, I'm mad at myself. <laughs> Salute to you for that. All right, for me, I'm going to go to the shooting guard position. To me, th- there's no more respected two guard in the NBA than Lou Willville. Oh, I got Lou Will too, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Lou Willville is the most respected. You know, like, I don't think I've heard anyone speak ill of Lou Williams. The man comes on the court, he does his job. You don't want him with the ball in his hands late in the game. He's out, he's literally outside. Like, there's people in, in, in the hoods from whatever city he's been in who fully respect Lou Williams. He can do no wrong. He had two girlfriends at one point. He, he was, he was, he's under the tutelage of both Allen Iverson and Kobe Bean. He's, he's literally, if, if there's an NBA guy you want to be that's not a superstar, I think a lot of dudes would love to be Lou Williams. A lot of these kids on the come up, they look at Lou Will as a guy that they, they, they aspire to be like, who could, who could have both feet on the NBA court and in the streets, and somehow, with the exception of a couple of instances, evade the drama. So Lou Will, all her past too. Though. You know what? I agree. And, I, and another other reason I thought Lou Will too, he got to go to Toronto and, and, and my man Drake has a track about oh, Lou. Oh man, you feel what I'm saying? He got a, he got bars for Lou Will. But then the other thing I thought about since we were talking a hood barbershop pass, Lou Will might have one of the sharpest hairlines in the sport. Listen. If we come in the shop, absolutely he get a free pass. It ain't crooked. He ain't pushed back. None of that. He got little waves and curls, and he got a straight lineup. Dog, I don't think I've ever seen Lou Will without a lineup. Without a lineup. Lou Will is in that, he in that Grand Hill realm when it comes to sharpest of the sharpest on the Him and uh, in that Jalen Rose class. Jalen Rose. Right, you're right. Crazy. Oh man. So I I mean it was it was bound to happen. We would have a similar pick. That's fine. <laughs> it had to. Might right, not so be the only one, but we're gonna see. We gonna see. All right, so let, let's take it to the small four position. Who you got? I went KD. Oh wow. And let okay. me tell you the divide some people. Talk to me. So, so let me tell you, so I know the KD is gonna rub some of the commenters shoulders the wrong way because they're gonna be thinking about, you know, the black, the 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 fake phantom Twitter finger KD. Yep. But here's what I'm gonna tell you, right? What KD did in New York City in that summertime when he came to Rucker and dropped 60 in the hood, forever. Mm-hmm. That to me, I could be crazy for saying this, that's the day that KD became a real killer when it came to the NBA. Cause after that, yeah, he did the whole go to the Golden State Warriors, but he didn't just go to Golden State. He went into Golden State, leveled up and still was a killer, right? Actually, it never changed. <laughs> he pulled up from 32 feet, down two for the three. 
<laughs> in right in space. In transition, in his face. Not just once. He did it two years in a row, my man. For, for that, Katie with the nappy head needing the hairbrush. First of all, he need the cut. You know what I'm saying? He finna need it. Bro, but he needed to just go bald, bro. Like, just go bald. Let the facial <laughs> hair go. I, one time he tried to let the beard connect. I'm like, what are you doing, bro? bro? For life, Katie, one of those cats that's never gonna look super sharp, so he need a lineup no matter what. Katie, the killer for me, I gave him the three. Um, wow. Oh my God. Wow. And you know what? It's gonna be a lot of people who say he's not good in the hood because he went to Golden State, the Twitter fingers, all this and that. But I'll say this. I'll piggyback all of your points because again that that transition three to, in twenty I think it was twenty seventeen that was a terrible shot. If he misses that, this thing that was goes a beautiful shot. But the audacity to take that shot two years in a row, the fact that he went to Golden State, did what he needed to do. Like you can't tell KD nothing. And, and then for the people who want to negate your, your your pick, they are the same people who said if they had Kevin Durant against Toronto, they would have won. You saw what he did in game five before the Achilles pop. You can't have it both ways. You know, look at yourself in the mirror and know that I'm talking to you, whoever you are. You can't have it both ways. You can't say he's soft and if and if and maybes. Nah, KD's that guy. He's that deal. Salute your pick. For me, I went a little bit old school, but from the same region, Carmelo. To me, Carmelo is a small forward hood pass guy. Like, there's, there's, there's no person... That, that gets more love than Melo in my eyes. It don't matter what his resume is. We, we saw what the campaign was when he was out of the league. People wanted Melo back in the league in the worst way. So that respect resonates nationwide. I think he might be the most respected player in the league today. He might be. You know what? I, I agree. And honestly, Melo will always be on my list somehow just because, man, he he, he was messing with Lala, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Melo was the hood dream. Come through, tatted up, short sagging, win a chip with a, with, a, with a blue chip program, come to the league, go to obscurity, make Denver live, get get the fly girlfriend, upgrade her body, <laughs> come to New York, try to put on for the city. He did everything you want your guy to do as a New Yorker. And you know so, what I also give Melo a lot of credit for? You know, for a lot of people who don't know, he do a lot of shit for, for Puerto Rico, man. Like, I remember when I was out in San Juan, he got his own court out there, man. Like, free basketball around the clock, doing a lot for the kids, man. Obviously, he do a lot of things domestically here in New York, too. But right. I, mean, I feel like Melo always was a, was a decent cat, man. I, I, mean, I love Melo. I don't got no beef with Melo. Melo's good money, bro. And look, and look, and look at the respect. When he came back on the court, it wasn't the media who drove Melo back to the league. It was the players. The players, absolutely. Game Lillard you know didn't what? even hesitate. And it's funny you like mention that because you know I did this podcast with one of our um one of our peer groups, Sports Hitlist, man, and you know we were talking about how LeBron's legacy was uh was wrong. And you know what's kind of messed up when you think about the whole Melo thing is you know Melo was kind of outcasted from the league. His yep. talent and the player foundation brought him back. And he looked good in Portland. And you think about this long hiatus and maybe a cancellation, man, that cancels Melo, man, in a, in a weird way. Yeah. Uh, if and that's come back, then that's, that might be it for him, bro. Because I, feel, I feel like, man, if Portland get a chance to get that eight seed, seven seed, they're not an easy out in the playoffs based on the matchups. If James and CJ is healthy, I mean, they, they got a shot. You know what I mean? They, they can get hot. <laughs> they can shoot. <laughs> so – 
you know, they're getting Nurkic back and all this other stuff. Weiss, I mean, they, they have a chance if they if they was healthy. But, you know, you're right. I just, I get mad at Melo because I felt like I, I always say this thing. Like, Melo is in my personal five. Like, my all-time favorite five. He's the, he's the small forward of my personal five. But I get mad at him because I, I always felt like the guy made bad decisions. Yeah. You know, like, like rushing to come to the Knicks. That wasn't the right play at that. He should have did that in free agency. He shouldn't have right. forced the trade, man. That would that could have been a championship team. I mean, obviously we've seen the Heat form. Yeah, but the Knicks. You think about the squad the Knicks had with Gallinari in there, Wilson Chandler. If the Knicks were able to keep that core with those young cats and then just add a mellow, because all those young guys is on rookie deal. That's why they had to trade seven guys to make the money. Exactly. Really. And I mean, then you could have made a roster tweak by trading some of those younger guys once you figured out what the fits were to give them that third body they needed to go up against they could, the Heat. They could have got that Chris Paul. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then when he had a chance to leave the Knicks, Chicago had the – all Chicago needed was what Melo brought to the team. I don't know why he didn't go to Chicago, man. He took the bag to stay in New York when Chicago might not have had the max cap space, but you had D-Rose when his knees were still good enough. Deep defensive play of the year, Noah. Luol Deng was there. You had pieces, man. Nate Rob off the bench. You had you had guys. I, a young Jimmy Buckets. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know? I don't, I don't know, man. The Bad decisions. For Mello, bro. I don't know what happened. Listen, but even with all of that, the respect is there. The hood love. And that's what he did. He did it for the love. And that love was always going to be there. So salute to Mello. All right, for me now, powerful. We might agree on this, or we might not. Uh, I got Marcus Morris. That's my power forward. All her <laughs> you know, that man, he gives me Oakley vibes. I, you know, when, when I, the way he gives it up, like you know, like the, you're not gonna try him. Not many guys are trying him on the court. You know, you might see a little elbow, a little forearm here and there. Everyone tread lightly. Treads lightly. He's he's from Philly. It seems like Philly's embraced him. I don't I don't hear any snipes in the comments about he's not like that. Everything about his energy exudes hood pass legend. So I'm giving Marcus Morris my starting power forward position. Oh man, bro. I mean, it wouldn't be right if I didn't represent Braun as a four. I know that's, uh, I don't know if that's his spot, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I, I'm gonna, let me tell you why I went Braun, right? Okay, talk to me. Although the world, there's, there's an abevy Right, of cowards out there, right? Social media making these guys cowards, right? As you alluded to earlier this afternoon. <laughs> um, how could we not rock with a man that created the barbershop? <laughs> how could I not, right? Like, how could I not get a chance to like highlight the fact that this man has an HBO show, right? Corrupted. That brings in talented artists, no matter the, the race, the gender, the sexual orientation, to highlight great things going on. Man, he had the governor of, of, of California on the show signing a, a legislation bill, right? We all know what LeBron is able to do and accomplish on the court. We've seen what he's done off the court. So I'd be crazy if I said he ain't going to get a pass. Somebody, at the very least, you damn sure finna get my son Braun a cut. And even if you want to engage in a debate, right? What what guy would you not want to debate with about who's the greatest of all time? If you assume all I understand, I left him off the team for one reason and one reason alone. For for everyone who's pro LeBron in the barbershop, the other half of that's that gonna barbershop be is anti. 
Like, to me, him and Kobe are too polarizing for me to ever put them on any kind of team like this. The love is not universal. There's a lot of guys that don't like LeBron James, bro. So I, I, that's the but main let me, reason but let me tell you something, on. though. Isn't that what makes the dialogues in the barbershop so lit? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. When absolutely. somebody comes in talking about, nah, his waves are spinning, he's like, nah, he shouldn't say he's spinning. LeBron is legit the definition of controversial. People question the decision. All right, cool. There's people they question his hairpiece. People question that hairpiece. People, <laughs> at least he got rid of the headband. He not Why even. Why is he wearing a do rag? <laughs> I'm going. I'm going Braun, man. I'm going. I respect it. I respect you know it. How crazy it is for the real. Let me tell you, not to not to drill LeBron down down the listeners' throats. But let me tell you something. The reason why I became a LeBron James fan is not because I love LeBron, the basketball player. It's because the level of hate that people have for LeBron the day he said he was coming straight out of high school and was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, Mm -hmm. he guarded millions of haters that had never seen him play basketball. But the fact that he came through the gates, bro, putting 20-plus on the boards, increasing the wins, getting to the fight, doing all these amazing legendary things, he lived up to the hype, bro. Did everything. And that's kind of why I rock with LeBron for no matter what. To me, I don't care if he never wins again. Doesn't matter to me. All I needed I mean, was to see one of them. And then he went back to Cleveland and pulled that off? Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, my, again, like, you can't go wrong with LeBron. My only beef with LeBron James, the basketball player, is, is, the, is the constant media narratives surrounding him. Like, when it comes to ball, you can't take anything away from him. But when it comes to the way he's covered and, and is borderline offensive with some of the things they say about him, it's just like, listen, we know what we saw. And that's why I don't get into debates anymore. My, my, my company line is, I know what I saw. And, and, and LeBron, <laughs> if you pick him, if anyone says LeBron is hood pass, verified, I will argue. My only thing is, I couldn't I couldn't justifiably pick him because of the fact that I've, I've seen how he splits the room. And I wanted that universal praise. So... Salute to the LeBron fans. No beef. I come in peace for a change. Marcus, <laughs> relax. All right. Um, for center now, and this is where we're going to put the team to bed, I have Boogie Cousins. Ooh, Boogie Cousins like is, is respected. Like, if, if this any, like, maybe not by the referees in the league, but if we're talking about players who, who give off a certain vibe, players that you rarely hear anyone speak ill of ever, you, you got to really, you, you got to really scratch your brain and be like, when, when have I heard someone speak ill of Buggy? When it comes to the game, when it comes to what he does, his passion, his energy on the floor, so on and so forth. I want a Boogie on the Lakers, not even for basketball reasons. I, I, I remember telling my man, I'm like, I want Boogie on the Lakers just to keep LeBron in check. Because LeBron has a way when he starts getting his moves and he gets real passive aggressive. And I wanted DeMarcus there just because he could be a person in that locker room to kind of like sheriff the situation. I agree. And, that, and that's, the res- that's the respect. That, that I like, think about when Draymond and KD got into any situation. The first person that got involved with that was Boogie when he was still wearing a suit. You know what I mean? He's he's he gets off that OG energy, that big man energy. That I right, if anything is gonna go down, it's gonna have to go through me. And I respect him as hood pass verified starting center for my team. I can respect that. Listen, okay. I had a the center was one of the hardest slots for me to select. Boogie was in my top three for the center. Okay. I went in a different direction. I went Tristan Thompson. Wow. What? 
Tristan Kardashian? I went Tristan Kardashian, right? Because oh, first of all, nobody has, me. nobody has ever pulled off a Kardashian stunt slash heist the way Tristan Thompson did Chloe with Jordan Woods. All right. True. So that's a fact. Got a drooling all over and back on the net. I watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I see what's going on, right? But Tristan Thompson will never get mentioned in those in, the, in those calf runs. And he's the definition of a worker. Similar. I hate that guy. To, Can to I tell the- you, I, he's like my least favorite player in the league, bro. <laughs> I cannot so, stand him. Bully in the paint. When I, like, TT single-handedly punked the Warriors during that 3-1 comeback. Punked them. He don't want to shoot. He ain't asking to score. He's going to catch the lob. He's going he gonna to defend. But Tristan Thompson, would, to me, from a level of consistency perspective with over those years in Cleveland, is why I put him at the five, coupled with the fact that what he was able to accomplish um, with, with Khloe Kardashian. But then lastly, you know, when I was in Jamaica uh, about a month and a half ago, Tristan Thompson name ring bells in, in, in Ocho Rios, B. They got the Tristan Thompson Center. <laughs> you know Isn't is he from Jamaica? I think he's from, from Jamaica, Jamaica, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I developed a new level, like, you know, to see a cap jersey other than LeBron and Kyrie on somebody back and to see these cats jerking chicken with Tristan Thompson jersey on. It was like, yo, you know what? The world is bigger than just the USA when it comes to basketball. So I gave Tristan Thompson my five slot. Um, just off the fact. And then, I mean, he ultimately heisted uh, – the Cavs into a max contract. Shout out LeBron. to agent Richie Paul. <laughs> so I went, I went TT, but Boogie was in there. I had Boogie in the three, as you remember, last year in another one of our groups. I was an avid promoter for Boogie to get a max deal before he, he tore that groin in, in the playoffs again, man. But Boogie's my guy, bro. Yo, listen, I can't stand that guy. Like I hear, I hear you. I hear all the respect, Jamaica, all of that. It's just something about Tristan Thompson acting like he, but his energy is like he's really nice, and he's not that good. And it, it makes me mad, bro. And it's like he'll pick and choose who he want to get tough with on the court. But when, 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 when a big gets in his chest, he backs down. But if it's a little Draymond, he want he want to get crazy. Like I'm not feeling him. I'm just not feeling him. Bro. I'm sorry. I'm not feeling. Him. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got beef. Yo, I got beef with Tristan Thompson. Like I know this dude, dude. So I, it's only right, you know, during the COVID-19 that I think I throw you on the spot for a little bit. So All right, talk to me. Talk to me. Five. I'm going to throw a six-man in, six in there for you. Okay. I'm going to go with the newcomer. I'm going to go with Zion. Wow. Let me, Zion? Let me tell you why. Let me, let me tell you why I'm going to go with Give me wrinkles, bro. So I, I'm going to do basketball, guy. But that ain't just why. We're talking about a man who stepped through a shoe. Right. That has the leaping ability of probably Vince Carter is probably the closest we can compare him to. Maybe crazier. As crazy as that sounds, right? Mm-hmm. Walk through the front door at 25 and 9 in NOLA. <laughs> you right. Shoe deals, the first time we've seen that in a minute from a rookie. They calling him the second coming of LeBron. Some calling him better than that. <laughs> Wild. How could you not want to talk to Zion with the flat top coming from Mississippi? <laughs> because, why? Why? Because there's a dude in Memphis giving it up just as crazy. They job already. What are we doing? We can't. We can't I just love job. Ja. I, I love job. But the wow factor from job 
you love John Ray, I love John because he's a basketball guy. Yes. Right? The game is smooth. He shows this, he just has this ridiculous leaping ability that you don't expect from like a little sprawny kid with braids, right? Right. But what I'm seeing from 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 Zion, we're talking 360 windmill dunks, bro. Now he he's that deal, you know. I, I, I've been rims off the backboards. <laughs> I, I've been a Zion hater. I, I'll admit that. I'm not. I'm still not sold. I don't. I I know he's good. I don't think he's what they're marketing him as. I don't think he's a LeBron 3.0. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't think he's that. Until until, until he can like put the ball, like, create his own shot, create for others, so on and so forth. He has a luxury of having Lonzo Ball and Holiday. And and Brandon Ingram, guys who are known creators in the league, on his team. Off so, the bounce too. Off the bounce. So until he can create for himself and others, I can't put him in that LeBron category. But will he be super good as long as he? If this, if put it this way, if this Hornets team, Pelican, excuse me, Pelicans team stays together, they're gonna be a force. A problem. They're gonna be a massive problem because they have sooner rather than later. Like I'm versatility. <laughs> versatility up and down the roster. That team is dangerous. But, I, the weakest part of that roster is the fives, which they can yeah. impress this offseason. True, but I mean, in this current league, unless unless things change, unless things change, if if this league stays the way it is, you you'll never really need a strong five ever again. You just need a you need a rim runner, and kind of and Zion, the way his game is started, he's the rim runner. <laughs> if anything, you might want to you might want to stretch five on that roster. I agree. You know what I'm saying? I, I guess for my six man, I won't I won't go. John Moran. I think I, John Moran is on my personal list of guys that of this next generation that I'm going to be looking towards to, to to be a fan of theirs. But my sixth man, because I had because I swore he was going to take Melo, so I had a backup just in case Melo <laughs> was your pick. I got Trevor Ariza. I don't think his name, I don't think his name gets enough as a sixth man as far as like the hood pass. He's one of the most respected dudes in the league. Like, dude, he's another guy that you got to really scratch your head and think about. When did you hear someone speak ill of Trevor Ariza? You know, so he's up there, and he's and he's a guy that certain. If you're a contending team, and you're missing a link on the wing, you might want to pick up Trevor Ariza. He might be, he might give you that that bully aspect, that three point aspect, that veteran locker room presence aspect. He does all of these things for teams. So he he's my hood pass six man. Shout out to you for trying to put me on the ropes. <laughs> hey man, it's only right. <laughs> all right, I got two more questions for you. Before we go, real quick, nothing. I know you, you got other business to tend to. Um, the first question I want to ask quickly: the way that the way defense is being played in the NBA right now, would you want to bring back some form of hand checking just to, to balance out the lack of defense we see on a night to night basis? Yes, but only if it will not lead to additional free throw shooting. Okay. So I, I fully support the idea and the notion. Of bringing back, um, you know, bringing more hand check into the sport, I think is required. But I can't do it if you're gonna tell me that Harden now shoots 36 free throws in a game. You know what I'm saying? Ah. That I can't, I can't, I can't sign up for. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I, 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 I'm a proponent of bringing back a little more physicality and let the whistles get swallowed. I, I kind of feel like. The way that the game is refereed, the way the game is played, with the spacing, and, and it, some people say, well, you just got to play defense. In some cases, playing defense involves your hands. They say, oh, we don't want we don't want the sports to go back to 87 to 86. I look at the 80s. The pace, people don't understand 
when it comes to basketball, the defense doesn't dictate the score as much as the pace does. And when I say pace, I'm talking about the amount of possessions in a game that allows you opportunities to put the ball in the basket. The way the way that the league is played right now with the current pace, I think allowing more physicality on defense allows people like us who like a certain kind of basketball to be entertained because the numbers are going down because the way the game is played is not always the most entertaining watch. You got to get certain teams who play a certain style of ball to get what you want as a viewer. But if you allow the defenders to now, you know, use their hands a little bit more, put your hands back on the waist, move move a guy like Harden or Curry off their spots or Kyrie off their spots, to me that creates a little bit of a balance for the entertainment aspect and, and, let, and lets the game be a little more strategic. Because now if I can put my hands on you and I can get more physical with you, coaches have to get more creative to, to get looks. That, that's how I view the game. No, I completely agree, man. Uh, I think I do think the pace the, the pace of the game needs to change, and with hand checking, that will certainly happen. So I'm hoping yeah. that that happens. We can still get our one fifteen to one ten games, but let, let, let me get a little more physical, and you know, may, maybe we'll get back to actual pick and roll defense as opposed to everyone sagging because they're afraid of a foul being called. But anyway, the next question I have for you before I let you go, real quick. At some point, we 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 hope and anticipate the season coming back into play. Do we go straight into the playoffs, or do you, do you want a few games in the regular season? I think we got to have a few games in the regular season, man. I, I okay. just can't imagine, you know, although the playoff race is currently on super tight, and I'm not sure how much could really change with 12 or 13 games for a lot of these teams. I think the additional seeding currently within the log jam out West and even in some cases that the seeding in the East would have a bigger impact if it was more regular season games. I mean, ultimately you got to look at it like this, right? Mm-hmm. If, is it far fetched for the Clippers to jump into, you know, the two seed, right? Like <laughs> with no more load management for many of their players after having an additional six to eight weeks off, um, how hard will it be to close that gap? Right. Maybe not as hard, right? Same thing in Brooklyn, right? I know they pretend that they don't care about Kevin Durant and all these other guys playing, but does that change if a three-month hiatus uh, resumes basketball, right? Like, do you give the fans what they want now? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so you start thinking about mm. Like, so that's the way my mind is thinking. However, I just think logistically is the bigger challenge and the biggest challenge that's in front of the NBA right now is you got 32 teams, right? You got teams that share arenas. You got teams that now have to travel across country, right, to to finish some of these games. You got arenas being shared by artists uh, and all of these other things that go along with just the the Staples Center, right? Right. that's where I think the, the schedule is going to get very, very complex. And who gets the priority, right? Is it just the NBA? Is the NBA going to be using the facilities and no other outside activity? I think it becomes a much bigger question than just if, if we can get basketball because every single arena around the world is being used for mass events, whether it's music, boxing, you know, UFC, you name it. True, true. They're all in, 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 in the same contract, and that's how they're getting paid. Yeah, and, the logistics of it all makes things tricky. Absolutely. The logistics, you know, I'm an opera, I'm an ops guy. So when I think about the logistics of this, I don't see how it's possible that they can resume and do all those other things, especially yeah. in the time crunch. I think it's just going to have to be basketball, and that's it. You know, that's why I was thinking maybe give them a couple of games, 
because what I, memory serves me right, a lot of the closer races were in the eighth spot and things of that nation. I know it was gonna be, we're going to talk about what's fair and the, the couple of whole playoff games, what it does for the bottom line. But I think if we're just thinking about the time crunch and, and renting out arenas and events that were pre-scheduled prior to Corona, I, I, I think that maybe five to seven regular season games just to get their legs under them and let's get into the playoffs. I think I think we need to start thinking about the calendar because we, if we're talking about the finals ending in September, that means that the next season doesn't start until Christmas. That's from, from what I was checking out. I saw earlier that they're talking about the draft will be like at the earliest August 1st, which means that there's a there's some kind of planning in place to to have a, a, a short season and then get into the playoffs. But I just think that we need to just get things rolling. I think the, especially if we're going to do empty arenas, we need more stakes. So regular season games in empty arenas is just not going to do it for the public. Let's get to the playoffs where the games matter. And I also think that the NBA will just have to – they'll just have to use better resources. I mean, I hate to say which sport has it harder, but the reality is there's only – 64 names that get called in the NBA draft. They do it in one night, right? Like, exactly. it's not nearly as complex as what we're seeing in the NFL where there's 250 names getting selected. There's about 50 trades that's going to happen on draft days, one, two, and three. Franchise deciding moves in the NFL happen on draft day, vice, where in the NBA, it's only that case for maybe the first six picks, right? <laughs> if we're lucky. Absolutely. So I do think that they have the ability to literally have a draft the night after the finals, right? Like they could <laughs> That's do <a> that. Fact. <laughs> the WNBA does that already, right? Like you, they play the championship, right? Uh, Tamika Ketchens hits a three and then voila, right? Here we are talking about Diana Tarazi who was drafted number one. True. Twelve True. hours later. <laughs> so you know what? And this, yeah, well, there you go. Logistics, and, ladies and gentlemen. It's, right. it's always practical. I just think we just got to think outside of the box. We got to forget the whole lottery being a nationally televised with a month buildup. We do, do The lottery can be done in a week, right? Because once the regular season's over, we already know who the lottery teams are. That You can pop the ping pong balls at halftime for all I care. You can do it off camera and just let us know who won. We don't need to see it. Even if it's on camera, the teams don't need to be there for it. Literally, you mm-hmm. put the graphic up in the background and... With the commissioner. <laughs> I mean, they did it in 2K, right? Right. <laughs> so it's super, it's super manageable. Like, when you think about the, that side of it, um, and then these teams have already been scouting these prospects. At this point, we know all of the players that are entering the draft, mm-hmm. right? Unfortunately, summer leagues and the ability to be able to conduct those things before the draft, you know, these workouts can't happen. But listen, the kind of money that's spent on NBA scouting, I think, was something in the $800 million range in 2017. And we know the numbers only keep going up. They know exactly who they want, when they want them. <laughs> it's just a matter of what if they'll get them, you know. It's just, so it's basketball. True with you, bro. I I, I agree a hundred percent. And it, at this point, we we've, we've we've come to the end of the episode. My man Paul Lawson delivering once again. Um, real quick, just let the people know where they can find you on social media, where we can get more NBA takes like this. Yeah, man, you know, I, I'm around, man. I, you know, I follow the gray area. Uh, I'm the MVP of the sports hit list, which is another one of our um, our joint networks here. And, and uh, you know, if you ever want to search me, man, underscore Paul Lawson, man, I got some nice baby videos up there. <laughs> you, know, man, I got, you know, so I'm just, uh, you know, that's, that's where I'm at. Paul Lawson, MVP and man of the people. My brother, I appreciate you for coming on. Appreciate it, man.
Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another glorious episode of the gray area. I'll try to tap in with you when I can throughout this, this, this tough time and, you know, provide you with content that you need to just distract yourself from, from the constant bad news and everything. You know what I'm talking about. And as the saying goes, whether you like it or don't like it, sit down and look at it because it's the best going today. Woo! Perfect. <laughs>